You're listening to Larger Story Messages, helping you find purpose and joy in your life and relationships. For more teaching and resources, visit LargerStory.com. Welcome, everyone, to Larger Story's Book of the Month. I'm your host, Kep Crab. And today we're going to be discussing the book, Listen In. It's uh, by Rachel Crabb, Sonia Reeder, and Diana Calvin. And I've got those three ladies with me today. So <laughs> welcome, ladies. And the reason we chose to do this book today and for this month is because um, it's been a Mother's Day month. And so I just guess I want to say to you gals, happy Mother's Day, belated Mother's Day, and welcome. And thanks for being with me today. Thank you, Kip. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So just as we get started, why don't you guys just introduce yourselves and let it, let me know where's your, not just what you're doing and, and what's what you're up to nowadays, but where's your red dot? Where are you at right now internally as you come to this webinar and get ready to chat about a book that you wrote several years ago? I'll, I'll start. Um, I'm Diana Calvin. I am a co-pastor of Trinity Fellowship Church in Richardson, Texas. I am, as of just a few months ago, kind of a bivocational pastor. Um, I am also a technical writer for a software development firm. Um, I, my red dot, um, well, I just had my second melanoma removal surgery two days ago. So I'm kind of, uh, it was early and, and I'm fine, but I'm just definitely realizing that our bodies are frail and mine is no exception. I'm super healthy otherwise, so this is kind of a new uh, thing for me to embrace. Um, I'm definitely also just grieving, um, grieving for the children in Uvalde, Texas, mm-hmm. and those families, um, grieving for the women who have tried to tell their stories of sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention and um, have been treated so terribly. Um, so those things are heavy on my heart. And because I had this surgery, I had a lot of time to read and, and process it. So, uh, but it's kind of neat for me to think about what a, a conversations like this could do to help us work through those things in ways that bring hope and healing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Diana. Sonia, where are you today? Well, I am Sonia Reeder, and I'm uh, the director of Hope Road Counseling, and I'm actually in Longview, Texas, literally in Longview, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just am so, I, I just love getting to do what I do. We have a counseling center here that we do a number of things. We do counseling, and um, we also do groups, and I'm learning, I'm continuing to learn the importance of community. We just uh, launched last year a spiritual formation group for ministry leaders, uh, pastors, pastors' wives, and different people among East Texas areas. And uh, that was the highlight, I think, of my week, just getting to set with them. So sometimes I just, uh, what I do feels overwhelming, the stories we hear. And those times I just, uh, I'm so delighted that I get to have the opportunity to do what I do. So that plays into how I am internally too, I think, is a given, depends on the hour of the day sometimes, Kep, when you ask me that, because there's times that feels weary and um, life feels too much. And then there's other times I'm in a season of life, my husband and I, David, are kind of empty nesters and we just love 
our grandchildren. We love getting to sit in our recliners. We, we literally have reached that place where we look at each other and go, you do know that we're old now, right? You're in yours and I'm in my recliner. So, uh, his and her, but, uh, his and hers. That's um, right. And we have, we have arrived in that, that place. Yeah. So I, I think I hold both of those at the same time. I'm, I'm aware of what Diana was saying about what just happened in Texas with the elementary school and the children there and the families. And then, um, the whole thing with the SPC and the cover up and the personas and all that, that gets hidden. Yeah. And, um, just, uh, that breaks my heart. So I grieve and then I celebrate too where we are and what I get to do. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as you're talking about some of the stuff that's going on and you talk about grieving. I know mom, you've, um, you've probably understood grieving a little differently in the last year plus. Um, where are you today? Um, I'm, um, you know, every day is a new day. Um, and, you know, when things happen like uh, the painter not being here or the guy putting things together for me, getting sick when he came in my house yesterday to put things together. It's just, um, you know, and then coming home from Greece and having spent 10 days there and well, and then going straight from Athens to Newark to Denver for Jacob's graduation. I've been busy, but the trip was the hardest I've done because it was uh, it was uh, making up for a trip that Larry was going to go. And he, his dream was to always go to the fjords. That was his bucket list. And so I didn't go to the fjords. Uh, a friend and I, Bible study golf partner in Denver, Colorado, and I took off for Greece. Yeah. And it was phenomenal, but there were so many times things we did I wanted to tell him about. And I realized, I think on this trip, this was the hardest. You know, I've moved three times since he passed away. I've done, um, I've, you know, a lot of things have had to fall into place. And so I was busy the first year. I mean, it was really um, hard. And I'm not organized at all yet. I'm hoping by the middle of July, I'll be organized, um, which of course, my grandchildren say to me, but Nana, you're always getting organized. Just got to organize so, myself. Yeah. So, so um, it was hard. And I'm at the place where I've had great last couple of weeks, a really nice time in Greece, wonderful opportunities to talk to people about the Lord. And I have no, I know I'm a, I'm a lifestyle evangelist. I mean, I know that is what I long to do. Like your dad like my dad and I I loved um I loved this week I get in the last month I found out that one of my covenant sisters of 25 years moved down the road from me from Denver Colorado I mean from Evergreen Colorado and tell me I mean I can just tell you what joy that brings me and um uh, anyhow that was fun to talk to her and she was still at another home she has and she called um, we talked to her and then she said she was trying to get a hold of me I'm not making phone calls back to people I'm just there are times I just can't even though they're not asking me the tough questions and so uh, the neat thing is 
I came, I told her I'd be home on May the 16th from my trips. And May the 16th, she texted and said, are you home yet? <laughs> and it was really just fun. So, well, I, um, I, I guess I forgot to mention, <clears throat> let's just use a short phrase to tell us where our red dot is. Oh, my red dot is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of still you the measles. I still have the measles. I don't have just a red dot. Okay. You got a lot of red dots. A lot yeah. of things happen. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. We're glad you're back from, from Greece safely and all that stuff. Well, you guys wrote a book that was published in 2015 called Listen In. And um, I just got done reading the book and I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I said, I, I kind of apologetically, I had perused it when you guys first wrote it, but I didn't really sit down and read it. So the fact that I sat down and actually spent some time reading it, um, over the last week or two was, was really fun. Um, but you guys talk about building faith and friendship through conversations that matter. That's the subtitle of the book, Listen In. Tell me about this notion of conversations that matter. I remember this guy that used to be around that talked about that a lot. What do, what do you guys mean by conversations that matter? Anyone? I, I think for me, when we were talking about that phrase, I think we were, we had gotten to a place in ministry and with people and just sitting and chatting that it's so much, it's so easy as women, I think, to hide behind husbands and kids and talk about all that husbands are doing or what kids are doing or things that's happening in a surface kind of level. But we were having lots of women come to us and you can help me out, ladies, if you can remember what the that they were, or but they, they would come to us and they would say, we want to have conversations that really go deeper, you know, that really matter, that really somehow further, my words are somehow further the kingdom's purposes. I mean, what, what could those actually look like? And could we really open ourselves up in a way and invite someone to receive us? And could we also receive them in that same way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? What in, in terms of conversations that matter, um, you know, how do you how do you do that? What does that look like to you guys? I mean, you've you've apparently, you know, writing this book, just so people know, it took you guys seven years to write this book. And a, and a lot of the reasons that it did was because this was the day and age before we all had the the Zoom conferencing calls where we could easily do this and you would you were all living in different areas uh, of the country, so you'd get together and write the book, not to mention each of your mothers, mom, my, my grandmother at the beginning of the process, and then it sounds like Sonia towards the middle of the process and Diana towards the end of the process, each of your mothers passed away, yeah. um, <clears throat> which, which, of course, I understand how that um, can delay the process. Um, what, what was that like as you're, you know, having these conversations and trying to do this book and now all of a sudden you've lost your, your mothers? Uh, in some ways it made it easier for us to uh, do the book. I have to tell you quite frankly, there are things that maybe we wouldn't have wanted to share hmm. at the time because um, we all know the backstory of all of our lives. Uh, we did get to know that. And there were just some things that I, you don't want to murder someone when you're writing a book. So you don't, you have to watch what you say. And it comes from the heart and it's the truth, what you say. 
but um, you just don't want to murder someone by calling them out in some way. I, I remember, I think I remember this right, Rachel, that your mom had really just passed away, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so I remember one time being in a restaurant and you were, I think you're wearing a sweater of hers and you were just in the moment with us walking through what that meant and telling us the story. And I think that was really, that's really hard to do. At least it is for me to actually invite someone into the moment. You know, I can talk about how I'm feeling from a distance, but to actually say, this is what I'm feeling right now. And I want to share, I want to invite you into it. And Rachel, I think that was kind of new for you. Is that, is that very true? new, very new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I didn't even realize what I was doing because I never felt heard. I felt like I didn't have a voice most of my life. And um, you girls were interested in why I was wearing this sweater. It was a Christmas sweater that I had put away a year ago, the, you know, before that. We had met, that was our second meeting. Well, I think what was so sweet about that is that you set the mood, Rach, in that restaurant, Dine. I think it was La Madeline in Dallas. It was La Madeline, yes. And um, you set the mood for the rest of the years it took us to write this book. Because you really did, you opened yourself up, as Diana said. And I remember sitting there, and even the moments we were very quiet with you. Yeah. You kind of just reflected felt, on. Yeah. I felt heard. I felt um, like I wasn't a dimwit mm -hmm. for bringing something up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, how has you, you, you guys wrote this book together? It took you a while to do it, you got to know each other well. It's now been a little bit of time uh, since the book's been written. A lot has happened in between then and now, uh, to say the very least. How has your friendship changed just to, to where it is today from where it was then? I think I, um, I think for me, it's changed in that I don't talk to him all the time. I don't see him. I mean, the last I saw Diana was at Larry's funeral in Charlotte. Um, and I've seen Sonia since, but um, At the I think it makes, me, it makes me more aware of who they are. And when they mm. come across, I want them, I want to be praying for them. I want to, you know, I, I think I have a heart bonding that I, I hope they feel. Mm. Whether I see them or don't see them. There's something, there's things we know about each other that. There's a connection there. There's a, a bond there that you guys have that doesn't require constant communication. It's just, you can, you're, you, you have those friendships that, that, that you can easily pick up where you were before. It sounds like you guys have that, that kind of a relationship with the three of you. I mean, how, I how, how did writing the book impact that relationship? I mean, where, where did, where did, where did you start and where did you end up as, as you were writing the book in those, in those years? We didn't argue about things. <laughs> yeah, we all, you know, we're very compatible, I think. But I'll see what they do. Where did we, where did we start and where did we end up? And I'm talking from your relational standpoint. Yeah. I think I didn't even, I knew 
Diana less than Sonia. Sonia, I got to spend every week with, essentially when she was in the counseling program. Diana, I went to Russia with her and she just, uh, it was just wonderful. I felt- And that's like what she, kind of spurred this, isn't that right, mom? This was, that was kind of that, that trip- I think it did. Russia, yeah. Diana was kind of the, 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 the catalyst to get this to go. And then Sonia came in. Um, because it, she and it, Diana knew each other. Okay. And I thought that would be a good connection because I felt very close to Sonia. So no. you knew each other before you started this a little bit. Yes. And then right. mom, you go on a trip with, with, with Diana. Obviously, Sonia goes through the counseling program with dad. And then you guys come together. So you started somewhere. And where did you finish as friends and in relational connection after the process? Well, we care about each other. <laughs> More than you did when you started? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I feel so, personally. Yeah, okay. and I felt, I felt like I had been in a women's group with Diana, too, for several years. But I felt like at the end of the book, we we uh it wasn't that we just knew stories about one another but that we really felt i felt like that we really had entered one another and not only that but that their lives and how they walked through their stories how you guys walked through your stories rachel diana that enticed me to and encouraged me to have courage to walk through mine mm -hmm. i think that's true too and now i think we're even more open about this. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. We started the book. Go ahead, Dinah. Well, I was just gonna say, I think the fact that we kept going and kept, I mean, there were a lot of hurdles. I had a young child at the time. I know Sonia had older kids, but lots going on. And there were so many things that could have derailed this. And so I think really it was what was happening in those conversations in those weekends that just kept all of us wanting to come back. It, for me, it really wasn't about the book anymore. At some point, it was just like, wow, I want to see this through. I want to go through this with these ladies. Mm -hmm. And I want to invite other women to be able to experience this too. And that, yeah. that's really that's what it. I hoped for. And I do think that we ended up in a different place than when we started. Yeah. I think having done the book, Kip, yeah, I think it colors everything that I do now, even because there was a part that as I started it, I went in hesitant and I tend to kind of keep things close in some ways. But to, but for us to all sit down and make a commitment to one another to say, let's tell a shaping event in our lives mm -hmm. that have shaped who we are and it shaped how we relate to people, um, events that's happened to us that we carry a lot of shame over, hurt over that we've never told or we've never explored. And mm. having Rachel and Diana just explore that part of my heart mm. helped me learn how to do that. Awesome. It also felt really good. Yeah. And um, I, get the, I get the opportunity now to do that with a lot of women, whether yeah. it's in women's groups or mm -hmm. counseling session. And so it and does I've color a lot of what I do. Th these relationships here have kind of impacted those relationships as you, as you move forward. Diana, you mentioned that when the weekends would yeah. come around, <clears throat> you, you mentioned that it was kind of those weekends that got together. It was kind of a, you didn't say this, but a shot in the arm or, uh, you know, something that was kind of refreshing and something that you, you kind of became 
hungry for. Is that accurate? And, and you said, then it became more than just about trying to put this book together, but more about, wow, we're, we're actually journeying together. Is that, is that yeah. accurate? Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, definitely. I, it, I could definitely describe it as a longing, just a longing to, to, to be together. And sometimes a little scary because mm -hmm. we were going into territory that for all of us was felt vulnerable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there was something so good about it, and and it, it just felt like we were, we we were taking each other along. We yeah. weren't just going yeah. by ourselves, or and we weren't coming to each other saying, you know, tell me what to do, fix me, whatever. Mm -hmm. That like sounds the, really important, right there, Diana. Yeah. Unpack that a little bit because so often in some of these groups you have a leader, and my dad happened to be that guy most of the time. But he always welcomed the back and forth. It was never, I'm telling you what to do or how to do it. So the way you all traveled together, unpack that a little bit more, Diana. That, that, that's really kind of fun to hear. Well, I, speaking for myself, I can be, and I see this more every day, I can be that person that I'm listening to try to understand what's broken so I can help put it back together. Mm. That has really continues to shift but definitely in the process of this book that really did I, I kind of just kind of dropped that off and just let myself be in the presence of these women you know I wasn't the pastor I wasn't the leader um and and there were times when each of us led um it, it just we just kind of passed it off back and forth um, and I know you can't do that in every group, but it was, I think it's so much more important to listen curiously and attentively than it is to analyze and come up with a solution. Uh, and Larry used to call that when he would say, when he said so often, counseling is nothing more than rearranging the flesh. <laughs> Whereas we didn't try to rearrange the flesh. We took it through always through the grid of God's word. Yeah. Is what our goal was anyway. That's certainly take what everything dad did. Through. Huh? That's what dad <laughs> did. He ran everything through the biblical sieve. Yeah. That's right. And that's what we we aim to do as opposed to fix each other. Yeah, I think we had the I think we all three of us were willing to show up. Yes. And even if we were, you know, fearful, as Diana was saying, but we were willing to show up and then the idea of um, setting aside ourselves so that we could listen really well. You know, so many times you can be in a group and um, it, it, there's just not a lot of curiosity mm. in people. Mm -hmm. Instead, they, they over talk someone or they want to, like Diana was saying, they want to teach or they want to tell you how to fix something or as opposed to listening. And I felt really heard by Diana and I felt really heard by Rachel. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You guys talked a little bit about, um, you know, it's interesting. You, you guys had this conversation with my dad about two years ago, mm -hmm. uh, not, not quite two years ago. And so I just um, watched that today, just to, just bits and pieces of it, just to kind of see what he was doing, because I didn't want to go the exact same direction dad did in respect to what we're talking about, which I don't think we would have given that it's been so long. But one of the things that you guys talked about was how writing this book has changed you on the other side of it. Mom, you mentioned something about confidence in, in, in who you are and what you have to say. 
Um, and and I, I remember, Diana, you talked about some of that, too. You talked about, Diana, being a little scared going into this process um, as you were getting ready to tackle this and coming out of it with a real different position on that. So how does that how does that change you? And, and you know, as we talk about it, just just to tell you, and this is kind of a, a shameless marketing plug, but this is a really good book. And the design of the book is good. And and um, I'm talking more about the how, how, you, how you put it together, the conversations that you're having in the midst of the book. And you're watching three women have conversations that matter in this book as you're kind of running through each, each of the pieces. Um, and some of the things that I really love that I thought were kind of unique to this book to some degree were the vision letters. Um, and I know that you guys each wrote vision letters to yourself. Unfortunately, we only have mom's vision letters to you all, which were still really powerful, but um, you know, those, those are good things to do and think about. Um, other things that you guys talked about are um, uh, the reflecting process. How, how did you put this whole thing together? How, how did this whole thing come together? And then asking for readers input. I, I thought those were just unique things is, you know, cause everybody's written a book nowadays. Everybody's got a book to write, but you guys did it. You guys wrote a book and you got it published and you put it together in a way that's really succinct, but yet thoughtful. So, I mean, kudos to, hmm to how that process went for you three. Um, it was it was exciting. I was glad to read it this last week and kind of just dive into it. Um, and I knew more of obviously my mother's story and I love seeing the pictures that you had. Sonia, of you you and your football <laughs> outfit. And, you know, just, it was just right. you know, and it's just, it's just fun to see and to, to get to know you guys a little bit more through that um, experience of reading the book. Um, and I, you know, I guess I didn't really want to talk as much about the book, but the process of, of getting to the book in respect to how you guys connected that that's to me three people writing a book together um that's hard that's a difficult process you you, you know and you guys didn't sound like you bumped heads in ways you you really encouraged and that speaks volumes to who you guys are thank you <laughs> yeah I mean, so, so how do you find yourself yeah. as, as being changed i mean you, you, you wrote this book sonia diana it's the first book you guys wrote hopefully you'll write more I know, Sonia, you're talking about possibly having that in you and coming out of you. Mom, you've written another one about hospitality. So you're a two-time author with us today. You're the veteran. Mm -hmm. um, but after this book, which was very different than mom's first book, um, which also I've just perused, I guess I need to read that a little more thoroughly too, but. Um, <laughs> don't look at the recipes. They're not healthy. Oh, no, we don't want non-healthy recipes for sure. But, <laughs> but I mean, this book was real. This book was you guys actually opening yourselves up. We talked about before we came on how, how, how risky it is to, to put this kind of stuff down on paper. You know, talk, talk about that a little bit for you guys who just wrote, wrote this book. Is it, is it, was it scary putting it out and, you know, as, as it's coming together, what were, what were some of your emotions going through that? Yeah, it was scary. It was, it was more scary for me not to put it out. Well, it was scary to put it out, but it was scary in the beginning of the writing it, just being able to open myself up and tell stories, some stories that I had never really told before. And, uh, and then when it's coming out, I think there was a, there was a fear of, wow, this is going to be in print. So how do you, how do you even change that? And if I was writing it today, I think I told you this, Kev, and I was, if I was writing it today, I think part of what I would talk about would be a little different. Yeah. But to speak about how I'm different is, um, in some ways, it's not a settled thing. God's still redeeming things in me, in that, that part of me. But I think I went into the book being willing to be, I would use the word vulnerable, where I would be intentional about opening parts of me up. And I think where I am now is that 
God has redeemed some of that to a place of being authentic. So there seems to be a difference to me where vulnerable is more of a, a thing to do, a specific intentionality, whereas authentic is more of how I live. And so that would color if I was beginning to write the book now. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. You guys want to speak to that at all? Um, I thought of something when she was talking, but I can't think what it was. Remember, I'm the oldest person. Well, here's the question is you guys had these incredible times together. It sounds like on the weekends and you got to know each other. You got to care for each other. You got to, to kind of intertwine your lives a little bit. <clears throat> you've, I assume that you've all been in, in other groups, whether they be women's groups or, or whatever, that you don't have that in it. Why, why do you not have that? And, and, and my experience would be, why do you not have it that often? And, and mm -hmm. is that, is that true in your own lives? I think it, I think for me, it was, it was um, just never really concentrating on what was going inside me, what was going on inside of me. Hmm. I always was noted, known as the person waiting, you know, party waiting to happen. The uh, person, oh, good, Aunt Rachel's here, the party will begin. And I, I did mention that in the book, that that's- you don't, you don't like that, Mom? I, I like it, but that's surface. That's yeah. surface. I liked actually going deeper with these girls. They, they made me. I mean, they forced me into it at times. That was a deeper, a deeper thing. And it was really nice to know it was a safe place. So I've always been known as the fun person, the hospital hospitable one, the one who, you know, and I, I like being known as a woman of substance. And that's how, that's what it came out for me. I think I'm a woman of substance. I feel could be my age, but I also, I mean, yesterday I was with a gal that I didn't know, told her about life and death words. Hmm. Cause she happened to know we were doing this today. Life and death words are phenomenal to open people up mm -hmm. because they never thought about it. Yeah. Believe her or not, I don't know what she is. It was just a person I was standing in, in uh, the same place with. Yeah. And some about, you know. And, and oftentimes, to answer your question too, Kep, oftentimes when we're given those death words, they create or they help to create a persona that we hide behind. Yeah. And right. I think often, oftentimes those personas keep us from each other. Mm -hmm. It's a big mask. So is that, that's one of the reasons why we have trouble getting into these kind of conversations or relationships, because we're hiding behind personas that we want to kind of put forward as being who we are when we're really not that. Mm -hmm. Right, right. We're, we're so more afraid than that. that. We're more than that. Okay. Well, we're so afraid to really be seen you know, in our, in our messiness and our, in our, our badness, whatever we want to call it in the, those places. And so we put forth what I think you want and what's safe for me. You know, one thing that we're, that your dad would talk a lot about is that's um, etched in my mind over and over again is how quick we try to manage our lives yeah. in a way that I am guaranteed that you would want me, which is another way of persona. And we, we chase after that management or we chase after relief in a way, instead of being right where I am. 
Remember, they always say, God meets you where you are, not where you pretend to be. That yes, was a big phrase Larry used yeah. to use. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I think was distinctive and maybe is the reason that a lot of, a lot of groups don't get to these places is because that's sometimes all we focus on is, is what's wrong. And I remember Larry talking a lot later in his ministry about how looking for Christ in someone is much more likely to produce change yeah. than looking for, you know, trying to find the sin. And there's always room for finding sin. It's, it's everywhere. You're going to find it. But I think part of what we did was we genuinely encourage one another. Not, oh, you're such a great person. You know, not flattery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember, and I think we even talk about it in the book, you know, wow, something just happened just there, you know, you, you mm -hmm. brighten, or, you know, you came right. alive, and, and those are the kinds of things that I find are missing in a lot of other relationships are, you know, where, where are we, you know, where are we looking for where Christ is at work, um, and where the spirit is at work, and where are we just kind of looking at the problem and that's all we see yeah mm -hmm. that's true sounds like this little group the three of you kind of has aroused some something in you that makes you hungry for this outside of this have you guys experienced that more since the process as you're now connecting with other people other women uh sonia obviously as you're counseling Absolutely. Anna, you're you're um you know in, in ministry at a church i mean mm -hmm. you know has that really had the opportunity or given you the opportunity to kind of go in some different directions that maybe could be really spirit-led i mean that's what it seems like you're saying to me absolutely i think i think so mm -hmm. that i'm not afraid you know i could be a roadblock between someone and hell and that's become much more important to me yeah. And, and my theme has been for many years, make God look good mm. by the way you behave. And, um, mm. you know, and I think that's, that's, uh, it's more maybe because of my age, I think that way. But I would say that these girls think that way too. You know, make what's God interesting, look good. mom, as I, as I, as I look at you in these last year and a half, and Ken and I've chatted about this a little bit. It's it's been um, interesting and neat for us to see how your compassion for people who are grieving has grown. Um, mm -hmm. and, and Ken has mentioned that to me many times. Um, in respect, you know, my 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 brother's wife is his his wife Leslie. Her mother passed away two Fridays ago, um, kind of unexpectedly. And um, I think Mom has really kind of understood what it means to walk with someone now in the grieving process in a way that she did not apparently understand before and that's been neat to see mom mm -hmm. how you've grown through this process too and mm -hmm. um but my i guess my question to all three of you as we get ready to wrap here in a little bit but you know as you guys are are, are going through life and you've got all these different relationships why is it so hard oftentimes to get to where the three of you seem to kind of and maybe i'm not right here but seem to kind of naturally get to and with some people, it just doesn't happen. And so many people now, especially now, um, and I think a lot of this is responsible for some of the tragedies that we've, we've had happen in the past few years, not to mention the one that was just the last few days. Mm -hmm. um, but 
but how do how do we how do we move into those you know kind of relationships where you do let someone know you care about them and in a way that just doesn't seem to happen very often and why doesn't it happen very often because we want it i think we're all pretty hungry for it but what are what are some of your thoughts on that why doesn't it happen because we want more of it i got a lot of friends who love watching bronco football i like bronco football but if that's all there was it would be pretty weak and i want more I want to talk to somebody about the struggles that I have, about the highs, the joys. It's not all about the discouragements and the challenges because there's some really moments of joy. And you guys seem to have experienced a bunch of those in the process of going through grief, losing your mothers as you're doing this project together. Why is that so hard to do? Well, two things come to my mind. And the first thing is you have to long for it. And I think... I believe because we are created in the image of God to be relational, that we all have that longing. It's just a matter of, are we filling it with, not to jump on you, but Broncos games or, you know, what are we filling it on, filling it with? And that leads to the second thing I was thinking of, which is it's a huge time commitment. Um, and <laughs> and what we did was really huge time and money and, you know, effort commitment, but even just, even just, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to meet somebody for two hours every other week, let's say, which I think is probably minimum to really build uh, the kind of community that we're talking about, at least for some period of time. That for a lot of people just feels un undoable with the schedules that we keep. And so uh, I, I just, I don't know, I don't know how to, all I can say is it was worth every dime and every minute mm. and way more than that. Well, you yeah. use the word intentional and purposeful yeah. a lot. And those are the things that I think you're talking about there. This is not something that just accidentally mm -hmm. happens. Um, that's really good. Mm -hmm. And there's always one person when you're in a larger group or maybe two people that just say, oh, I don't want to go there. I've heard of some women who have done our book in a book club and they said, um, I know one gal who said, I had eight women to start and then they were getting into the questions and a little <laughs> bit of deep. Started peeling off a little bit. And they peeled off that I ended up with four, half of the group sort of peeled away because they didn't want to get in to any conversation that mattered. Because it's scary. Well, it's such an ambivalence. It's such an ambivalence too, Kev, because, you know, one of the, the, the deepest fears in a woman's heart is that you would stay invisible. Mm -hmm. You know, you wouldn't be seen. And yet it's so hard for us to put ourselves out there to be seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What an interesting. So, but I, there. I think one thing though, in order to, I have a lot of times they'll say, how do you, how do you create these small communities that are willing mm -hmm. to talk? Yeah. in a way of having conversations that matter. And one, one thing, and Diana referred to it, is one thing for sure is to be willing to create the space for it to happen. Because yeah. mm -hmm. if you don't create mm -hmm. the space, it's so easy to get caught up day in and day out in just the busyness of your own life. Right. So true. And that's the intentionality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Making that but happen. I, think that that's, I think that intentionality and that creating the space is how we go deeper with Christ, oftentimes we're so busy going wider 
W-I-D-E-R with my accent here, but wider uh, instead of deeper. And in order to go deeper, I, I, I need people with me in community to, because I can't know what it's like to be on the receiving end of me. Well, I just got to tell you guys, I've really appreciated this time today. Is there anything else that you guys want to say to our listeners before we wrap up here? And I just appreciate that someone's been chatting about these things with us. And it was, he said on one of them that he understands things are just make you sad, you know, you're vaulting and, and things like that. But he was saying that he just lost his sister-in-law on Tuesday. And then he related to Diana by saying he's had (laughs) melanoma three times. And, you know, just, just the fact that you would think maybe only a man would want to hear this. I mean, a woman would only want to hear this, Yeah. but to have this man interested in this, that's, that's just interesting to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you. (laughs) those who chatted with us well ladies thank you thanks for joining me today thanks for inviting me (laughs) yes yes it was fun to reconnect with them again when it's been a long stretch here thanks for listening to larger story messages to subscribe visit larger story.com